From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox president Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF. Global business news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. From Bloomberg World Headquarters, I'm Catherine Cowdery. The S&P 500 has erased earlier losses. Resource producers are rallying along with prices for metals ranging from gold to copper. The benchmark index has fallen 1.2% this week. It's set for its first back-to-back weekly retreat in three months. Treasuries are falling and the dollar weakened against the yen. A slowdown in jobs growth coupled with accelerating wage gains has done little to alter views on the timing for higher interest rates. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day. Dow Industrial Average is currently up 78 points, four-tenths of a percent, trading at 17,737. S&P 500 up six points, three-tenths of a percent, trading at 2,056. The Nasdaq is up 13 points, a quarter percent. It's trading at 47.29. West Texas Intermediate Crude Oil up 22 cents a barrel, half a percent at 44.54. Spot Gold up 17 dollars 70 cents the ounce at 12.90 even, and the 10-year Treasury is down 9.30 seconds with the yield of 1.77 percent. And that's the Bloomberg Business Flash. You're listening to Taking Stock with Kathleen Hayes and Pim Fox on Bloomberg Radio. The central banks of India and Iran, they have reached an agreement to use European banks in order to process pending oil payments to Tehran, unlocking about $6.5 billion in stalled funds. Our next guest has a thing or two about Iran. His name is Senator Joseph Lieberman. Senator Lieberman is a former U.S. senator from Connecticut. He was also the Democratic Party nominee for vice president in the 2000 election. He also served as chair of the Senate Homeland Security Committee from 2007 until 2013. And he is the chairman of United Against Nuclear Iran. And he joins us now. Senator Lieberman, thank you very much for being with us. Glad to be with you, Pim. Thank you. Tell us about United Against Nuclear Iran. What is this organization? Right. United Against Nuclear Iran is not a new organization. It was formed seven or eight years ago by uh, an impressive group of uh, diplomats, including uh, the late uh, Richard Holbrook, Ambassador Holbrook, uh, Dennis Ross, Jim Woolsey, who was director of the CIA under President Clinton, and Mark Wallace, who was in the U.N., a delegation under President Bush. And at that point, the purpose, and still is, was to stop Iran from becoming a nuclear power. And uh, now we're focused post-Iran nuclear agreement on on, uh, really saying to the business community, that agreement doesn't mean that it's it's riskless to start doing business with Iran, or it's open season to do business with Iran. It's loaded with risk. Uh, first, because there are still sanctions against Iran for uh, terrorism, for violation of human rights, for its uh, Islamic uh, 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 guard corps. 
And um, the the uh, second is there's reputational risk. This is still the largest state sponsor and most significant state sponsor of terrorism now expanding throughout the region and uh, a, a tremendous suppressor of women's rights, gay rights, political freedom, journalist freedom, etc. So we're basically focused on businesses in America and throughout the world and saying uh, don't do business with Iran yet. It's too early and it's too risky for you and your stockholders. Having said that, uh, Senator, I'm wondering if you could just offer a little detail about why is it that you're targeting companies? And don't you believe that the companies themselves have the wherewithal to do the research necessary for whether they want to do business with Iran? Yeah, that's a great question. So uh, in some cases, um, maybe not. Um, uh, you know, there's been a general reaction in some places uh, the, the Iran nuclear agreement has been signed. Uh, it's open season. Time to go rushing back into Iran uh, to do business. But the, the, the Iran nuclear agreement, if I can put it this way, was transactional. It was limited to, to the nuclear weapons program. It was not transformational about Iran. Iran remains a terrorist state, remains a terrible suppressor of human rights, and uh, remains a, a verbal, open, uh, declared enemy of the United States of America. Uh, also, those sanctions are on, and, and uh, if you do business with a, an a company in Iran, you may well be doing business with the IRGC, the, the special military group that has great economic power. And if you are, you're subject to sanctions, to losing access to the U.S. Uh, banking system, and uh, we're just asking businesses to ask themselves whether it's worth it. Frankly, we're also saying to them that there are people out here like us who who are um, uh, still who still feel Iran is uh, the number one threat to uh, not only American security, but, but regional and world security. And if you go in and do business with them, you're going to be supporting this extremist regime. Uh, and uh, that's ultimately going to create a backlash, um, perhaps among a company's uh, customers. Um, so you're trying to make a political point, or you're trying to make a business point? Well, we're doing both. I mean, we're saying on the on the on the continuing existence of the sanctions that uh, you better look twice at the law before you think that it's uh, it's without risk of legal consequence or without risk of compromising your access to the American um, banking system and markets for you to do business in uh, Iran. We're also saying there's reputational risk that ultimately uh, Iran has given no indication of moderating its behavior since the Iran nuclear agreement. And in fact, just last weekend, again, uh, the Supreme Leader Ayatollah Khamenei uh, declared that the United States is the number one enemy of Iran and a, and a kind of irreconcilable uh, enemy. So uh, I guess what I'm trying to understand, Senator, yes. is why do they need? Why do U.S. companies need an organization like United Against Nuclear Iran to tell them exactly what you just said? I mean, I would assume that they would yeah. read the headlines and they would do hey. their own due diligence. Well, maybe not. Maybe they think they can. Uh, get away with it, but I'll, I'll tell you, or, or, or not run afoul of the other sanctions, but I'll tell you something. What we're trying to do is to shine a light, and frankly, we're, we're, we're also saying uh, implicitly, if not explicitly, 
to companies if if you're and we do this with letters to the companies with appearances at uh different uh business meetings that are dealing with bringing people to uh, Iran to do business where we we were represented by the former uh Italian uh foreign minister Giulio uh, Terzi at a meeting in Zurich just this past week of the European Iran forum and, and um, part of it is just to say that the, the lights are still on uh, Iran and if you do business there the lights may be on you that'll be bad uh, for your reputation and at some point may actually cause economic consequences for you from your consumers who would not and customers who would not want to feel that they were um, buying from a company that was economically supporting a, um, a terrorist, uh, anti-American uh, regime. Now, just looking at the list of signatories uh, to your letter uh, describing yeah. these possibilities, I'm just curious, how come there are no uh, business executives? <laughs> well, it's a good question, and maybe the next letter we will. I mean, the, since its founding, and you could hear this from the uh, names I mentioned, Holbrook, uh, Woolsey, uh, Ross, Wallace, etc. These were former um, uh, public servants, former uh, diplomats, uh, etc. People really familiar with the state of negotiations with Iran and, and with the um, uh, with the sanctions law. And, and uh, we've had some business people express support for what we're doing, and I hope we have more. I mean, we, we haven't hesitated to go really directly to some great companies like GE or Siemens, Fiat Chrysler, Bombardier, Maersk. These are companies that uh, have indicated that they may be thinking about doing business with Iran. And, and uh, honestly, we want them to know the risks. Uh, uh, this is a, still a country that has declared under the Patriot Act to be a, a, a money laundering operation and, and subject to uh, legal penalties uh, for uh, for doing uh, business with it. Let's talk about some other names. I'm going to give you two and uh, give okay. you about uh, half a minute or so to comment on each. Okay. Donald Trump. Oh, uh, Donald Trump, big surprise of the year. I didn't see it coming. Uh, obviously, uh, in a primary, though, though it's only a minority of voters who vote in primaries of both parties, probably about 10% overall of the voters in the in the country um they're saying something which is there the voters are by supporting trump they're they're uh furious at the status quo and they want something uh different and uh i guess i'd say uh none of us should underestimate him because uh, he's come a lot further uh, than any of us thought he ever would hillary clinton She's very experienced. I, I, I know her for a long time, uh, um, and uh, I, I guess you'd have to say she's the favorite going into the fall election. But if if there was a, are you a, supporting? A worry, her? I, I'm not supporting either. I've been involved in another organization called No Labels, which has been trying to, believe it or not, uh, idealistically, some would say naively, trying to create incentives for bipartisan cooperation in Washington. So I'm going to wait a while, probably through the uh, national conventions. I mean, the big challenge to Hillary Clinton is that she, that she has exactly the experience that qualifies her to be president, which is to say she may be seen as an insider in a year when the public clearly wants change, and Trump uh, is uh, certainly, among other things, an outsider. So Thank you very much, uh, Senator Joe Lieberman. He is the chairman of United Against Nuclear 
Iran, a former senator from Connecticut. You're listening to Taking Stock on Bloomberg Radio. From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox President Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF. <laughs> 